welcome to Sit the Hulks. This is your host, David Duncan, and with me is Brian. And we have As normal. We have somebody new. Over over this yeah, this way. It's this way for me. For me it's for me it's this way. You guys over over there. It's over this way. That's perfect. Uh, we've got Brad. Uh, he has been one of our longtime listeners, and if you are also a longtime listener, you will be familiar with his emails he sent us. He sent us many emails, and we read them on air, and we answered them on air. So, Brad, thank you so much for for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for being. No here. problem. I feel like every every podcast should have at least one quality stalker, and I've I've been trying to. Offer that. <laughs> Brad, Brad, Brad is a quality our, stalker. Brad is our official you know, you stalker. Don't just somebody who just like sends threatening emails. I mean, you want somebody like mailing you bags of hair and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, that's why you have no hair. So I mean, like it it, it lines yeah. up the the, fic- the fiction lines up. Uh, you have it all. <laughs> so like we've actually got a couple things to talk about before we get to uh, Eternals. Uh, thank you, everyone who watched Dune last week. It's actually blown up quite a bit. So, uh, hello, new new listeners who don't know who Brad is from the emails, or Brian is from uh, the new episodes, or me. Even. So, yeah. <laughs> don't know who I am from the one who is on the Dune podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're we're all new to the to the podcast today. Welcome to Dunecast. Welcome to Dunecast. Dunecast. Um. So, uh, gaming gaming news. We we, we say we're talking about games. We we just haven't got around super to talking about any games specifically. But gaming news has happened this week. Uh, Blizzard decided to announce that Overwatch <laughs> announced that they're pushing back Diablo and Overwatch even farther. Oh, no, no, to- they, they they announced they weren't coming out this year. Uh, they never announced that they were coming out this year. So the fact that they said they weren't coming out this year seems like. Kind of common knowledge, like they just bring in bad press on them, and they don't need any more bad press. At this well, time. it's not even coming out next year. It's coming out the year after next year at the earliest. They were literally like, at the earliest, Diablo Four will come out in twenty twenty three. I I wasn't just expecting kind of, it till then. Anyway, ask. you have to ask, what do they have at this point? Do we have concept art? Do we have an alpha? <laughs> I mean, do they have anything at this point? Well, no. The, the pros are playing Overwatch too, so. The pros That's next to, year, though. The pros have to play a broken game. <laughs> they're they're gonna they're game. just gonna experience a bunch of bugs. Yeah, there's not like, even any textures. They're just like there's. <laughs> oh, I would love to see just the uh, checker textures uh, watching checker Overwatch text. League. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. I'm on board with that. Well, onto we can that that was just real brief because that's something we both noticed. Yeah. Onto the next thing is uh, Book of Boba Fett. It's going to be a great book coming out next month. <laughs> Yeah, December twenty ninth. They're they're hugging they're hugging that uh, next year by just a couple of days. Um, I'm super down for this. I in a way, I mean, I don't I haven't read anything to confirm or deny this. But George Lucas, before he sold Lucas uh, a film to Disney, he was talking about doing like a gangstery Star Wars show, and that is just it was too expensive to make. And I feel like this might be some bastardized child of this given the fact that boba fett's like meeting with jabba's like advisors and it's he's kind of like talking like taking over jabba's position as like the head of area of Tatooine or whatever so like the gangster feels kind of there i'm like oh maybe this is kind of like what george lucas was kind of wanting to do ages and ages and ages ago uh before he sold uh, Star Wars. So, I mean, I, th- I thought it was interesting. I'm, I'm down to see some, like, gangstery stuff happen in Star Wars. And we got Twi'leks in the trailer. So, I mean, like, I, I I hope they're actual characters and not just in one scene and then done. Well, I mean, I'm cool to, like, 
watch it, but I feel like I did not need this trailer to like watch it. They should have just showed me like a poster and I've been like, okay, I'll watch it when it comes out. Because this trailer I didn't get anything from. It was just like things were happening. They're like in a world where Star Wars takes place. <laughs> Boba Fett does this. <laughs> Boba Fett. That's pretty much this. what I got from the trailer. I think if they're smart, what they're going to do is just the same thing that they that they did with the Mandalorian. What did they say the Mandalorian was? It's about a bounty hunter traveling around the planets, you know, hunting down marks and everything like that. And then what happens at the end of the first episode? The, the entire point of the show changed. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any doubt that it won't be good. I have no reason to doubt it won't be good yet because Mandalorian is is pretty good. Yeah, I'm just expecting there to be some kind of big change right there in the beginning that changes the stakes. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I we just, don't know yet. I, my, Otherwise, my, you have you have just a, what a bad guy beating up other bad guys, and and at the other side of it, Tamara Morrison is 60 years old. I mean, is he going to be doing a lot of action stuff? Yeah, he's a karate expert. <laughs> I mean, his action, he put he put Mando to shame in season two, as far as, like, his ability. It was pretty awesome watching Boba Fett work. I just wish it wasn't called Book of Boba Fett. It's not a great title, but... It's gonna, a weird title. I, it's it's it. a vocabulary word that I can't think of. Like, it's a, what is it, oxymoron? Where <laughs> it's like, the, the title is not what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an oxymoron. It is a TV show, but it's called The Book. But is there going to be a book for The Book of Boba Fett? That, that, by the way, that could be the big twist is that there, there again, maybe that there's something about destiny or whatever else like that in there. Or maybe yeah, like, that could be it. Oh, like Beowulf. Like, it's just like, this is like an exaggerated version. So maybe it's like they're trying to make it a non-canon Star Wars show because it's exaggerated. No, it won't be, it won't be non-canon. Well, there's no the, way it'll be non-canon. Well, that, 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 I mean, I'm not saying non-canon exactly, but the specific details may not be specifically canon. The big picture. Because, I mean, that was the whole point of the... I mean, speaking of Angelina Jolie, the, the Angelina Jolie Beowulf, where she was uh, CG naked the entire time. <laughs> oh, no. Well, like, some people, some people hated that movie, but I thought it was a really good movie because it wasn't the book of Beowulf exactly. It was Beowulf exaggerated, which was the whole point of Beowulf as a character and the, the Vikings and even Klingons. Like, they exaggerate their stories. They built them up bigger than they actually were. And that's, that's the way the movie kind of came off to me. So I thought it was kind of like brilliant in the subtext of you how, thought who Beowulf the was, was brilliant. I, I think it, I'm I'm with David. I think what? it had a good oh my story. God, not numbered. I think that the problem was the CG. I think the CG ruined it. I mean, it wasn't well executed, but the idea was brilliant. I mean, you can have great ideas. I mean, Star Trek Five is filled with great ideas that are just everything else is poorly executed about the movie. I mean, uh, the bones and the sharing your pain, bones killing his father in Star Trek Five. I mean, that is some brilliant well-written stuff everything else around the movie is complete garbage but there can be brilliant parts of a movie so beowulf had brilliant parts it just wasn't well executed yeah that's true that's true i'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep my star trek five opinions to myself because you know we only have a, a, a limited amount of time this week <laughs> we'll be here for 40 years yes, 40 years <laughs> 40 years and 40 nights oh man oh and which I'm going to just move on to the last piece of thing before we speak about the thing. Oh, yeah. I got inspired to watch Dune from 1984. And boy, I loved it. Boy, Two boy. thumbs up. <laughs> was it was it a movie, Brian? 
Or it was, was it a, a movie. Or was it a book? Yeah, the the it, well, it, I mean, it, <laughs> the Book of Dune. <laughs> the I had my biggest problem with it, and this now I realize this is going to also be a problem in the next Dune movie that comes out is riding the sandworms. That really bothered me a lot because in the 1984 movie, they're just like they took like a rope and they're just like, okay, we control it now. These these worms are like. <laughs> 70 story buildings and they put a little rope on and they're like he obeys us now that was my that was a big that was something i took away uh we haven't seen the emperor in the new dune i didn't know there really was an emperor there they also uh speak for 13 minutes at the beginning of the movie what you think just explaining dune what you think of how sexy that guild navigator was oh (laughs) it was it was great It, it was fantastic also the baron is like a completely different character they, like he's like he's like a cartoon villain. He's even different from both movies to the book. Much much different. I mean, I like the way the new Dune portrayed the Baron as like serious and scary. Um, but the old Dune portrayed the, yeah he's kind of a cartoon villain, but also like he's super depraved, and we don't really get that in the new uh, Dune movie. Um, how depraved and how how messed up he really is. Um. But also, it's a lot out of it because he's he's bisexual, at least because I mean he is Paul's grandfather, so I mean he does get with women sometimes. But he he does, he does have a preference for men, and they don't cover this at all in the new Dune movie. I don't think they're going to cover it. So, I don't, I don't think it's important. A sensitive subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll create controversy because that's what that stuff does. But also. I don't. It doesn't seem like that's really even that important in the first place. At least in terms of the new Dune, it doesn't seem like that's going to really matter. I, I love that he, that the new one made him more menacing, but he is a kind of a cartoon villain. But also, like we're missing character, we're missing Fade Rotha in the new movies. And Sting, well. Sting wanted to come out naked in the scene where he came out in the diaper, Brian. But he, they, they oh said no. boy, I'm they okay. Said, I'm. You almost he really this. like he he like really was exposing himself there. I'm glad he wasn't naked. That's he, not, I don't he, play for that team, but he, I, whatever. He wanted to expose himself even more for you, Brian. So I I didn't need to see more Sting. I didn't <laughs> want to be stung by Sting. <laughs> I will say that the, the the Baron's depravity really becomes the a major plot point because it becomes a question of succession because he doesn't have any children to pass on to. And so, and, and everybody says, well, why don't you just have a child? And it's like, that, I'm, I'm not that way. I'm not interested in that. And so everything he's doing is setting up for somebody else to inherit the empire. Sure. Yeah. Even, that, even that like makes sense. Last, you know, his last argument, his last words to, to uh, uh, Raban is to squeeze them, you know, to just be a barbarian on that planet. And you'll find out that that is, everything is going according to the Baron's plan. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Oh, Brian, did you get to watch the 2000 Dune yet? No, I did not get the chance to watch that. <laughs> I, from from Brad's face and from what you've told me, I don't know if I should. <laughs> it is eye cancer, but it is kind of a closer telling of Dune than David Lynch's. Kind of, but it's it's a fan it's, film. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is. It's it up is on YouTube now. Film. They made it for YouTube. Yeah. Best. <laughs> I wonder what the budget was for it. I've seen like clips of it, it and I've, of I've seen what you're talking about. They spent it's dozens like, of dollars on it. The movie cost thirty-seven dollars, or we, the TV show, or whatever it is. We borrowed dozens like, of dollars you know for this movie. 
Just go in your grandmother's closet, put something on your head, and walk onto the set. You'll be all set. <laughs> that was the problem. Every single every single person had a different hat and different clothing that made no sense. It didn't match. It didn't need to match. It was eye cancer, the 2000 version of Dune. The most faithful, faithful retelling. That's what Frank Herbert but, wanted. Nothing to match. But that's the thing. I mean, Brian, last week you were saying, you know, uh, Denis Villeneuve did such a good job with Dune, you know, as it was. And I'm like, Brian, he hasn't even gotten to the hard part of the of the material. Well, I mean, do you think he's done a bad job so far? No, I don't think he's done a bad job. But that's the thing. I mean, like, it doesn't take a great uh, visionary person to turn the first half of Dune into a movie. Because up until the point in David Lynch's Dune... It's more or less okay. I mean, it, it's, it, it follows the book pretty close. And then right after the part where Denny Villeneuve's movie ends. And yeah, that's, when the, that's where the, that's that's where it, the even the, the 1984 movie kind of like went off the rails. It went off the rails. Like, that's the thing. The second half of Dune is extremely difficult to do. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how Denny Villeneuve will actually do the next part of Dune. But also, it's the biggest challenge because it just gets weird from this point on. Also, the shields, the sh- this the shields CGI in nineteen eighty four, not the greatest. <laughs> for the for the time, it was impressive. Oh yeah, sure, but like now, now you look at it and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. But the, the the you could tell like the first half of the book and and certainly the first half of the movie was him writing like a monthly article and then eventually realizing I have enough here for a book and just kind of cobbling the the end together on his own. That's a super good way to put it, for sure. Well, that's exactly what happened. There's oh, also, okay. There's well, also, then there you go. <laughs> there's also a time gap um, uh, in the second half of the book. Also, like from chapter to, from chapter to chapter, if you read the book, you can tell which chapters um, Frank Herbert's been doing a lot of drugs while he was doing the chapters. <laughs> because some chapters are kind of like straightforward, and other chapters are like... What the hell did I just read? Like the water of life scene where he's like tripping, and then the whole like Fremen orgy scene where like everyone's tripping. It's like, what's going on? I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to put this on film. So I'm extremely interested to see how Denny Villeneuve is going to do it. St- well, Stephen King is considered like a really fast writer, and he can crank out about 12 pages a day. The, the king of it was Philip K. Dick. He would lock himself away and load up on amphetamines and LSD and write 35 pages a day. <laughs> I How know. to succeed in life. Lock yourself in a room and just do drugs. Drugs. I mean, that, that's the, but I mean, like, if you look at Dune, there's no computers. Drugs is the answer to everything in Dune. So Frank Herbert definitely had to be using a lot of drugs. Because that's kind of the story. It's the message of a story. Drugs are good. Bad. Yeah, well, a lot of his other books touch on that too. I actually just read um, Dreamcatcher by by uh, uh, Frank Herbert, and it was the same thing about like Native Americans using drugs out in the wilderness and and having visions and becoming gods in their own minds and stuff like that. Interesting book, by the way. Nice. Well, to be fair, at least in my head, it, back when Frank Herbert was writing, drugs were a more common thing than computers. It was probably easier to navigate how drugs than computers probably didn't know anything about them you know i don't i don't know is that a hot take i've silenced everyone you're you're, you're actually you're actually accurate so like spot on well i guess on that note speaking of computers we'll talk about (laughs) speaking of computers let's move on to irobot oh no no (laughs) the eternals are essentially sentient computers 
Oh, yeah, that's true. They are sentient computers. And they did such a good job. At the beginning of the movie, they are totally, like, really robotic in the way they talk and the way they move a little bit. Well, at the top, at the top here. Let's give it, let's give ratings. Oh, at the I'll start. I'll start. I'm going to give it a six. Ooh. Who's up next? I'm, I'm actually going to give it between a 7.5 and an eight. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you why why. is that it's a good movie. It's a bad Marvel movie. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll go more into that. We'll get there. We'll get there. David, what do you got? What do you got? Man, man, I, uh, it's it's c- kind of crazy. Normally, I'm I'm like the sour grapes on movies. Today, I'm like not the sour grape. I'm giving this movie a solid eight, eight and a half. Whoa! I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. To me, this was my favorite Marvel movie since Infinity War. Like, I did not care for. I mean, Ant Man the Lost was pretty good. Um, I agree. With that. Uh, Endgame was awful. The time travel made no sense. Like they were just doing drugs and didn't care and didn't. No one checked the continuity. Uh, and Endgame was terrible. Um, and then all the movies since have been kind of eh. I mean, like the second Spider-Man movie was eh. The first Spider-Man movie was way better. What has um, come out after Endgame? It's just the Spider-Man movie and this one, isn't it? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was also oh, yeah, Shang-Chi. Not, like that one. Not, not fantastic. Black Widow, also not fantastic. That was really bad. <laughs> Black Widow could have been amazing if they would have stuck with like the really dark themes, but instead of sticking with the dark themes, they just pivoted to be a generic Marvel movie instead of like following in with the dark theme. Also, in this movie, I want to talk about uh, sex for a moment. Here is this the first Marvel sex scene that takes place in this movie? Fo- a follow I'm note up to that. With it personally. I think this is the actual sex. I think I think Tony Stark and Pepper like it was always like before sex or after sex. When they we, weren't like on we, rocks naked though. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Tony banged, and but it was like always before or after. Like he brought that girl home in the one movie, but like it was never like they never showed the bang. They always showed pre bang or post bang. <laughs> post bang, <laughs> pre bang, post bang. Yes. Also, I thought it was funny to see uh, Jon Snow in love with Cersei and in a love triangle with Rob Stark. Actually, actually, the the, the problem the problem with that is is that uh, that's why the movie didn't get a nine because no one told Kit Harington's scary he knows nothing. This movie would have gotten a solid nine had that happened. If Kit Harington, if the someone, one who's like in the movie for like four minutes, if someone literally said you know nothing, Sprite should have told him you know nothing when they were running away from that monster at the street. That would have been great. I would have been satisfied. This movie would have. Would that have been a ten? I would have pushed it it to a ten. It would have no. It would have pushed it to from an eight, eight and a half to a nine. Wow, that's all it took. That's that's a half. That's a half point right there. Just that's a big. That's a big. Just for four words. Reference Game of Thrones. You know, throw out you know a little thing for for fans. Yeah, absolutely. That would have raised up half a point. I was telling David. I I think it's great that Gemma Chan has made a career now of playing emotionless robots. (laughs) Because like her big break was humans where she played an android. Then she was an android. She was Quintessa in uh, Transformers The Last Night. And now she's a robot in this. It's like, well, you can't emote. You might be a robot. Yeah, you can't emote. You, you're you stiff and, and, you know, flavorless on screen. You know, let's stick with your strengths. <laughs> robot. <laughs> you are a robot. Uncanny Valley, everybody. Did either, did any of you, wh- who was your favorite character in... In this, in terms of you know, just the Eternals, which one was your favorite? Uh, the Silicon Valley guy. Which one was that? I don't know their names. They had really weird names. 
Oh, oh Silicon Valley guy. Silicon Valley guy. The guy from yeah, Silicon okay. Valley. Um, I, I, I mostly love them because from Silicon Valley. I wonder. I don't. I, I can't say because I haven't read in the behind the scenes stuff. I was disappointed with the, his role at the end of the movie. He just yeah, agreed. I was too. He just agreed. He with just like, left. Yeah, he just left. Yeah, he just, I, walk, just walks off. I, I wonder <laughs> if there was like a scheduling issue where he just couldn't be there for that shoot, so they just filmed around it, or he just like decided to. Because it's really bizarre. Because he like kind of picked a side, but he just walked away. So he kind of was like. True neutral, I guess. Yeah, he was neutral. He was. I think it was kind of one of those like Superman scenarios where he he has a power level that would just make the the end of the movie not quite work. I mean, maybe. I mean, uh, (laughs) yeah, it it could have been, but like, um, one of my biggest issues was like the the power scale of the movie. So, so Rob Stark's um character in the movie he Icarus. was like Icarus he was like he was like Superman right but he never came off as like super strong until like the very end of the movie when everyone's like oh no one's as strong as Icarus is and I'm like but why he never seemed that physically strong compared to Athena um Angelina Jolie's Angel- Athena, Angel- right? yeah Angelina Jolie's character Athena like, no it's Athena, Athena not Athena, Athena. Not Athena. Yeah. Athena. she oh, made yeah. that drop the A <laughs> mistake. drop the A hole drop the A Drop the A and yell that at the children. <laughs> um, if you if you go by the books, all of them are supposed to be super strong. They're all invulnerable. They don't need to eat or sleep or anything. They can they can fight all day long and not get exhausted. Everyone has that just to start with, and it it kind of felt like everyone was basically either Icarus or just a human. And even Icarus kept on getting injured. Yeah. Well. From the tra- I didn't watch a ton of the trailers, but the trailer I did see, I felt like I was like, oh, damn, how are these guys even going to fit into like the MCU? Because they seem so much stronger than everybody else. And then this movie was like, if they get cut, they're like, just like a normal person, like you or me getting cut, unless you're Icarus or I don't know, maybe Thena. But some of them are just seem to have like normal human durability. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the power level fluctuated a little bit, but that's just the general problem with with Marvel in general. Like the all the Avengers power level fluctuates greatly in, in Endgame, which is another reason I had a giant issue. Where like they almost defeat Thanos with the almost full Infinity Gauntlet in Infinity War. He doesn't have anything in Endgame, but they're all losing to him. The the other thing is you also have to look at like Jack Kirby. When he he left Marvel to go to DC in 1970, and he went there and created the new gods. That's where you get Darkseid and and Mister Miracle and stuff like that. When they canceled him over there, he went back to Marvel in 1976, and this was the big thing that he was working on to come out there. So he's thinking basically these are supposed to be the same type of characters, like Darkseid, like Mister Miracle, like yeah. you know Big Barda. They're all supposed to be these these basically gods among us. Yeah, and it's it's a cool concept, and I really loved all the backdrops they did for ancient times in the movie. They would cut back. That was really cool. Things. That was cool. That was honestly I, some of the best scenes. Yeah, were. yeah I, was. I honestly could have gone with like a whole lot more scenes like that. I would have taken another thirty minutes of this movie had they shown other historically significant significant scenes from the past because those were some of the best and visually stunning parts of the movie. I, I really enjoyed. Um, all the alt history stuff they did with it. And even in the credits, they did some great alt history where Sprite was uh, Houdini. Like I love little things like that, where you like mix the fiction in with real, real. or, or real historical or real mythological events that are 
you know, old school mythology with the new mythology. That's very cool and clever. And I, I really like that about this movie. And for a movie that it introduced 10 characters, they did a decent job with personalities. Differentiating them? And making them different. And their, and their powers were different and distinct. Like, and, and they're even distinct from other things. Like, they're very magical beings, but their magic is definitely different looking than Doctor Strange wizard magic. So they're doing a fantastic job with these movies, keeping them different enough in the same universe so that when the Avengers, Doctor Strange, the Eternals are all in the same movie together, you can tell them apart via how their magic and what their powers are. They all look different. And I feel like that's got to be a huge challenge nowadays Um, with all the CG stuff going on. It'd be really easy to make everything look the same and generic. And they did a really good job making them look different and distinct. Even, oh, yeah, even for sure. Than that, they wrote them all well. Yeah, that, they that were. Was the big thing to me. Yeah, they, they were easily well. could have just said, this is their one personality quirk. This is that one's one personality quirk. And they really didn't do that, which is, again, that's that's good writing right there. Well, can I talk about what is not good writing, at least for my opinion, was the deviants. The deviants ended up having the same goal as the Eternals, and they just like threw that final evolved deviant away. Like it would have been cool to see him like fight Icarus instead of Icarus just like deciding I failed my mission, so I'm gonna fly into the sun or something. Like is I don't like is he dead? What happened to the deviant too? I have so many questions with the deviants because they yeah. end up having the same goal. Same it, goal. It, it, that part of that part of the story really didn't make any sense. They it just really. were like the bad guy throwaway. They didn't yeah. really even matter because we they're told we're being told that the bad guys are the Celestials, I guess. That's the actual bad guy, I guess. Yeah. Sorta. They they are, but we can't they, like. They are, and this this gets into like the the way deep like Marvel lore. But basically, the the Celestials more or less are the overall bad guy of the MCU. In a lot. Oh really? Oh yeah. No. Um. That I was talking with David a little bit about this too. That basically that's why Galactus eats planets. Is that. He only in, eats inhabited worlds because he's killing the celestial eggs within them. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. So Galactus is a good guy. Yes, actually, because if if not for him, effectively the celestials would just wipe out the universe. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. I didn't put that. Never put that together. Yeah. Wait, so are we heading towards? I thought we were heading towards Galactus as being the next. Batty, or or was it or is it the Loki time guy? I can't think of the guy's name. What's his name? Kang the Conqueror. Kang, well, yeah, heading, Kang the Conqueror. Kang, Kang's we're the next toward, big bad. Yeah, what we're heading towards is the Fantastic Four because Kang the Conqueror is actually a descendant of Reed Richards. Oh dang! Okay, yeah. dropping bombs, dropping bombs. <laughs> that, so we're going to a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. So there's wait, how the heck are they going to do another Avengers movie? They're going to have all the Eternals. They're going to have the Fantastic Four on top of the characters that are already established. What is it going to be like? Seventy people in the movie. They're, they're introducing the Eternals are not coming back. They're also introducing <laughs> Ironheart, She-Hulk, uh, Agatha, House I, of Harkness. Uh, they're, they're introducing. I just watched something today. They're introducing so much more. TV shows like Marvel's going to be really hard to keep track of. It's it's almost sensory overload that they're going to be. Well, and, just throwing everything at the wall. We just got bad news that uh, Disney Plus isn't meeting its subscriber goals at this point. 
That's weird, considering they just announced like 16 new Marvel shows. Less probably to get people on board. Who even knows how far in development these... I saw that as well. I don't know how far these are in development, because they literally just announced like 10 shows of Marvel characters. But who knows how far in development any of them are. Some of them could just be like, here's the Photoshop of the title. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it could be. I mean, a couple of them didn't look all that interesting. Like they're they're showing the Spider Man in like a really old style cartoon, like a really old style, like comic style. They're going to animate a really old looking comic style. I'm like, I don't know if kids are going to go for it. Especially well, it's even like She Hulk. Sure How many people it. are interested in like She Hulk? Really? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. I've been looking forward to She Hulk since they announced it like eight years ago. I, wow, tell you, okay. I just took my my six year old to a to a birthday party the other day, and there was a little girl there dressed up as She Hulk. And really, that's what. Yeah, well, she was actually dressed up like the Incredible Hulk, but she's like, "No, I'm She Hulk." So I I I love I, I love She Hulk. I love the idea of She Hulk. The fact that she kind of maintains her power. She's like the ultimate Hulk because she can stay in Hulk and maintain her power and her intelligence at the same time. It's great. Well, they um, did that to Bruce Banner in the movies. I mean, I. I mean, kind of. It looks like they might revert him back, especially at the end of Shang Chi, where he's. Is he coming back? Do we know if he's coming? If is Mark Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo in the uh, in some of the teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Okay. Well, I guess he's coming back then. That's all I got to say about that. The only thing I worry about with She Hulk is the the lady they cast. She's a phenomenal actress. Um, she was in Black. Um, Orphan Black. That was a great uh, show. She she's a fantastic actress. She's just really short, and I always envisioned She Hulk as kind of a tall, towering lady because that's how she was always drawn in the comics. She basically towered above everyone else, like very Amazonian in her height. And they're gonna they're gonna cast Gal Gadot. No, no, they they they, <laughs> they cast Tatiana. I can't remember her last name. She's a she's an amazing actress, though. But yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I can't fault them for picking her because she is. I mean, she played. She's good at playing multiple characters. She played sixteen people in the one show, so she and she did it well, like with, with all different personalities. Yeah, she is completely different. I, I mean, for 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 picking a good actor, they they got a damn good actor. It, she's just not what I ever pictured. So I'm not I'm not complaining too much, but I just wish she would have been taller. I don't know, but she's gonna be a damn good actor. So I'm I'm excited to see how that show's gonna turn out. Yeah. I, I also, wouldn't be surprised though if they're kind of building kind of Avengers 2.0 at this point because they're going to need to bring in some people. They got to bring in somebody to replace Steve Rogers. They got to bring in somebody to replace Iron Man. That you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of the Eternals ends up on it. You know, you got Black Knight coming in and stuff like that. So they're building the Avengers 2.0 at this point. And which one do you think? Which Eternal do you think would make it to the main cast? Cersei? Probably Cersei. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I, her, She's, her, her, her powers would work really well with Doctor Strange. Like, the, like, the other thing is I think they can I think they can afford her more or less. I don't think they can afford Angelina Jolie for, you know, a multi picture deal. But God, I loved Angelina they Jolie. They probably wouldn't want to afford her. She's probably difficult to work with. I feel like she's difficult to work with now. Because she's not really in too much anymore. You never, you never know. Some people, you know. Well, Disney's I, I definitely got the money. There's no way that they're just like Angelina's too expensive. But this is the first thing I've seen her in since 
Maleficent Mr. Too. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> it's a question of, of dollars per butts and seats. That's why, like, for oh, the longest true. time, everybody liked Tyler Perry because Tyler Perry was the most bankable celebrity. Yeah, his movies are low budget and not great, but the dollar per, you know, movie ticket sold, the, the ratio is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see them bringing her back briefly, just because she's in the, you know, the MCU or whatever. But I don't, she, I don't think she'll ever. That, this is it. This is all we're going to see from her. That's what I think. I, I want more Angelina Jolie. Uh, she was amazing in this movie, and I don't know. She, she was entertaining to watch. She was entertaining to watch. Her power is very unique and and cool. Like she's like the ultimate fighter. Um, I, I like that a lot, and I, I hope we see her more. Uh, especially maybe they can fix her. Maybe the realization that she wasn't going crazy, that they are, the planets were getting destroyed. Maybe that fixed her. It would be nice to see her whole, um, you know, mentally whole and, and going forward and then kicking ass. Cause I would love to see her and, and, um, <laughs> Cersei. The other Cersei. one with that, that I, I definitely think they spent their money. Well, was Selma Hayek. Is that the speed person? No, uh, no, Ajax. No. That was Ajax. They they spent their money well because you if you would have given that to a lesser actor or actress, I mean, you just would not have cared. But you definitely saw how like she was the glue that held everyone together. Oh yeah, she was very, she was very motherly, there. very motherly. Yeah, yeah, she played that role super good. At oh, least, yeah. uh, go ahead. I was just saying, I love Samuel Hayek. I'm I'm sad that ninety percent of her scenes were all flashbacks. <laughs> I'm sad they killed her. I'm like, oh, I was really wanting more. But I, apparently she's been signed for multiple movies. So I don't know if they're going to resurrect her somehow. Or... Really? Well, they'll have to if she's signed for. Well, no, she's a... they're all robots. They can just bring her back. Yeah. Robots. It kind of doesn't matter. It's it's the it's the grand quote Doctor of Strange. the MCU. Doctor Nothing Strange. matters. <laughs> Doctor Strange can bring her back. Everything can be fixed. <laughs> what did you guys think of the fight with Igris and the speed girl at the end? The Speed Girl was my favorite for sure because I'm a huge Flash fan. He's a big fan and she's fast. So, so I was thinking about Death Battle. Um, <laughs> as, as I was watching that scene, Speed I'm, like, I'm like, Speed wins every time. She should not get stopped by Icarus. Speed wins every time. Watch Death Battle. They'll tell you. I, I actually I'm, hate. I actually hate that Speed wins every time. So I, it it's true though. Speed is super powerful. <laughs> I think that the the setting of the fight is really what made it look good. I think if you would have set that in the middle of a city, it would have looked horrible. I think yeah. the sand and stone really made it look a lot more believable. Mm-hmm. It, so. Well, yeah, also, I, the, the CGI of the whole movie was pretty great. But even at because at the CGIing a city would be really a, a tall order to make. And there wasn't. Like there was kind of just like mountains and stuff and sand going around, and they used that really well. But making a city out of that final fight would have been really difficult. We probably we probably wouldn't have seen as much. They would have hit a lot of stuff. Well, also the the point of the Eternals is that they're on the DL. Like no one knows about them. Well, there's that too. Nobody knows. And and the fact that they're fighting out in the middle of nowhere makes a lot more sense. Like if they would have done a Man of Steel and leveled Metropolis, I mean. Can we just sit for a second here? Okay. Every MCU movie, it's the citizens of the MCU or these people that live in this world should know like, okay, there's like superheroes and superpowers and crazy stuff going on. But every time, like right at the end of the movie, when the celestial Harishim 
shows himself. They're all like freaking out, like, "Oh my gosh, like what is what is that?" It's like, I, "Why are you still surprised here?" You like there's well, you just got snapped out of existence, probably. That's bigger and, than <laughs> anything we've like, ever seen. Yeah, why why wouldn't why wouldn't Thor show up? Why wouldn't somebody show up? It's like, okay, well, th- there's this giant earth shaking event. Why isn't somebody there? Yeah, there was no, they didn't show anybody. And these people know, they they bring up Thanos in the movie. It's these people know what's going on. They see what's, but they're always like shocked and scared. It's like, I don't know. It would have been cool to see Thor. That's just for a quick moment. I thought they were going to show Thor because there was a lot of thunder at the end. I was like, oh, they're just going to like heavily, he's going to, he's going to make a little cameo or something. They'll show Jane because she's the new Thor. But that, they didn't do that. That could have been cool, introducing Jane as the new Thor like that. That could that could have been fun. Yeah, yeah. four foot eleven uh, Natalie Portman to uh, you know be the god of thunder. <laughs> she couldn't even lift the hammer at Comic Con. It works if you don't think about it. <laughs> they make a sp- or have the Guardians of the Galaxy. That would have been cool. Well, they're, they're, they're definitely that's where the the you know spoilers for anybody, but the post credit scene that's going to tie directly into Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, there are not. There's a, we can spoil things. We're always allowed to spoil things here. It's like the, uh, the, at the end of the, the end of the movie. That's where I had my CGI problem was when they showed like that troll thing. Yep. It looked like they just like threw that in. They were just like, "Do we have any extra models we haven't used? Throw them in with the One Direction guy that I don't know the name of." They should have gone practical with Pip. They should have. Yeah. In in the comics, he's um, him and Gamora were actually basically the sidekicks of Adam Warlock for like throughout the seventies and whatever else into the early nineties. And so I don't know how they're going to work it from there, but, but there's, I can already see where they're going to want to put Pip and Gamora together just for the fans. But I just, yeah, we'll see what the, I still have hope for guardians of the galaxy just because it's James Gunn. I feel James for me, James Gunn, he has not let me down yet. I enjoy suicide squad a lot. I like both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies a lot. I think they're the best in the MCU for the most part. And James Gunn got this, has that third one, even though he's a creepy dude. Yeah, that that's my big hang up. But yeah, yeah, yeah he knows how to, he knows, he knows his nerdy stuff. He knows nerdy stuff, except he's just creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he rolls, though. He rolls by being creepy. That's that's not something to brag about. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Her- for different strokes for different folks, and that's his strokes. <laughs> oh God! Oh man! <laughs> I do want to say, uh, Dinesh, that's over, well, over, over here for me. Who uh, in Silicon Valley? He's just like a scrawny programmer dude. And this movie, he must have worked out a ton. And I'm upset that all we did was see like his arms. Like this dude was ripped. His arms are ripped, which means he is ripped. And we didn't see much of that. He I is, don't know. He is super ripped. I mean, I, he looked he, like he needed to like stretch or something. He, he was tight. Of of him with like six pack abs and everything else. No, he like had a full body transformation for this movie. Like look at the size. Like of his jaw just got gigantic. For yeah, this he's movie. like a he's like a beast now. He's gonna yeah. beat everybody up with no superpowers. <laughs> Let's just see if he goes. If he goes, let's see if he goes the Ryan Reynolds route and keeps it up, or if he goes the Gerard Butler route and like slowly melts. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna slowly melt. I think he's a nerd. I don't. I don't think he's like really into working out. He probably just got paid. He got. I mean, if somebody paid me like 
twenty million dollars to work out and become that big, I'd be down. But like after that money would stop, I'd, I'd go back to like playing video games. I don't know that's what Dimash. That's in always real life the one is, I though. use with the um, with the Netflix shows. Was like um, Charlie Cox when he was doing Daredevil. He trained for six months before they even start shooting, so he was in awesome shape and did all his own stunts and everything like that. When they got to Iron Fist, uh, Finn Jones was saying like he would show up, they would walk him through his choreography once, and then immediately shoot the scene. Oh, he did that quick I, then. I, I never watched Iron Fist, mostly because I watched The Defenders and hated it. And I, I hated Iron Fist every single time he opened his mouth in The Defenders. So I didn't even bother going back and watching Iron Fist. I was like, ooh. Yeah, God. it's 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 not good. It really is the low point. And, and I'm sorry, I loved Daredevil and I loved Jessica Jones. I thought um, Luke Cage was terribly miscast, but... I don't know. Well, I, I'm wondering when those are going to go to Disney Plus. The story was also really bad in in Luke Cage. Like he's like he's a super powered guy going against regular people, but that he won't do it. <laughs> well, he, he also and again, I mean, Luke Cage is he's cool. That was his whole thing. It was Power Man and Iron Fist. He was a cool guy, and for the new versions of him, he is the biggest corniest square there is. And it just doesn't work. He is a square. That that's that's definitely a problem. He is not cool at all. He's very square. And the Punisher was oh my god, amazing. Punisher was very good. It yeah. was Punisher, so. Punisher it was, was so. I, I I could watch six more seasons of him bleeding and making other people bleed. It's his voice too, though. Like, don't let's not pretend it's, like his voice doesn't add to that character. It's, it's his nose. John it's, yeah, that's his. It's his nose. It's his nose and his voice. His perpetually it, broken. Those, it's like, you believe he's been in a few fights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. His perpetually broken nose. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, ah. Uh. Oh, also, J.J. Yeah, that- Abrams got the same nose. J.J. Abrams had a couple broken noses, too. Well, let's not cast him as a superhero. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep him away. Speaking of Iron Fist, what'd you guys think of, what's what's the guy's name? Khan? Khan is the Fist Man in Eternals? Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh? Yeah, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh I thought he was real. I thought he was cool too. He was one of my favorites as well. Again, really well cast. Directly tied into mythology, the the uh, epic of Gilgamesh. I mean, that was amazing. I was sad he was like one of the first ones to die after Ajax because he was awesome. Well, the uh, reason they probably had to do that is because he's one of the more powerful ones that could have probably. I feel like he could have beat Icarus if you would have like punched him. Yeah. Oh yeah. All he needed is one good punch on because I don't. To me, Icarus was like, he was strong, but like, even his laser beams, like, if we're talking, well, obviously they're on different levels, but like, if we're comparing, they they even in the movie made a comparison to Superman. Superman is on a completely oh, different level. This dude, this dude used his laser beams on a deviant and it like didn't go through it. Superman like, it goes through like, like planets. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's why I thought he wasn't very strong. It seemed like his lasers just kind of like tickled things. Minor inconvenience yeah. lasers. <laughs> Hardly an inconvenience at all. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like to me. So when they were making like the comparison to uh, him being Clark Kent, I was like, I don't know, like he can fly and he has laser beams, but like Superman can lift infinity. So it's like, well, that, that, I don't know. That's, that's why I used the example earlier, you know, on the old Justice League TV show that every time they'd end up fighting something, first thing that would happen would be Superman's incapacitated because they don't want to show you 
that he could just solve all these problems in two seconds by himself. By himself. It, well, it's the same thing with the new Justice League movie. It's a both times they pretty much had to like kick him out of the final fight with uh, what's the guy's name in Justice League? Wolf. The Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah, Steppenwolf. That both times they kind of had to like kick him out of the fight because as soon as he gets there, he wins the fight. And he's just by himself. So I don't know. I don't think that was a good comparison. Well, like, that's... it feels like like Marvel was tricking people to think like Icarus was way stronger than he actually was. But that that was my problem because I mean they they all the all the heroes like we can't win against Icarus even combined. And I'm like, how he doesn't seem that much stronger than you? Like from everything yeah. the movie showed us, he did not seem that much stronger. Like it, it, from a fighting standpoint, I thought Thena and Gilgamesh were the strongest fi- fighters. I thought Thena wasn't the strongest at the for oh, yeah. half the movie. I thought she was this because when she went like a wall, she just like stabbed like six people in the Eternals in like three seconds when they're in that forest. Oh yeah, I she, can't. She yeah, awesome. she just like beat everybody right there. I was oh. like, okay, so she's the strongest then. Oh, wh- why are you wondering about the um the sentient um deviant Athena? Uh, Athena decapitated him. No, well, I felt like the one that like evolved yeah Thena decapitated him yeah i know but they they had a, they had a common ground now they yeah. both wanted to stop the celestials from being born and they yeah. kept the deviant the, like the deviant could have had an awesome redemption arc because he got all these powers the eternals were dead or i don't know if they wanted to just make him like unredeemable because they he killed two of them or something but the Thena didn't know that 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 happened this or is no, I don't, a problem in general where they kill off all of their villains. I mean, every I assume both of you watch Rick and Morty, right? Yeah, I okay. Yeah. Rick and Morty succeeds because they go out of their way not to kill the villains, not to kill the side characters, whatever like that. They generally come back. And Marvel, it's like, nope, the movie has to end with the villain dying. Every time. Well, that's what happened. I think it would have been cooler. I thought I think it would be way cooler to have the Deviants have that redemption arc where you get that final evolved Deviant and fight against Icarus and see those two fight while the rest of them do their whatever thing. I thought that would have been really cool to see the Deviant because that Deviant was also super strong. And yeah, I you know kind of just like like it was it was cool the way the Deviant died, but like I don't know. I feel like the Deviant was way stronger. There's he just needed to die because the story said he needed to die rather than Thena being able to kill her because of skill. Yeah. Same thing with Red Skull. You know, same thing with, with uh, Ultron. Same thing with most of these guys. Yeah, yeah they, they just die because the story demands it. Yeah, I, I really hope they change their tune because it'd be fun to have all the bad guys come back in stronger forms instead of just... Well, that's Spider-Man. Well, then, that's, yeah. that's next Spider-Man movie. How about um, Baron Zemo? Same thing. He's he stayed alive at the end of um, Age of Ultron. Brought him back for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah they did do that. So I guess there are some. And he danced, and then there was a meme of him dancing. Yes, the the, Meme the, the memes. The memes were quite powerful. <laughs> the powerful memes on that one. What did you guys think of Sprite? Sprite. I want to know. Sprite. Sprite was my second favorite. Uh, I like Sprite. Thena, Thena was my second favorite. Thena? And, and then Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. And, and this was something I brought up also, is that the costuming in the movie was phenomenal. It was really good. For most of the characters, their armor, the color scheme, everything, it all looked great. I, they it was all fantastic. looked distinct on screen. 
They they looked like they were ready to fight. It was it was really well done. I really like that. I would have loved to see Eros's armor at the end, which looked like garbage. It looked like garbage. It looked like a reject of um, a Shazam costume. It looked like he got it from a spirit store. (laughs) They went to Spirit Halloween. They're like, okay, uh, pick one out, Harry Styles. (laughs) This is gonna be. Can I have this one? (laughs) Well, what I would have liked to see, I just want to see like a behind-the-scenes photo of them what that what it looked like when they were filming because obviously they're all on a green screen and probably most of their suits aren't even real as well they're probably just wearing like those dot suits because they don't wrinkle none of the suits like were wrinkling or anything that's not how like it works in real life so they're kind of foam rubber too and i mean like i said it was just really interesting how they were made most of them looked really really good yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah. I would I mean, love. I would love to see some behind the scenes. It could scenes have been the Ryan that. Reynolds like CG suits. Like uh, that's why that's kind of also why I made the the Beowulf reference for Angelina Jolie because uh, similar color, like that whitish gold, uh, yep. warm fitting Angelina Jolie look. Like yeah, that's good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And she's a good actress too. I, I I wish she was in more things. I really hope she comes back for more because actually no, Wanted. She was in Wanted, uh, Brian. That came out oh, after. Yeah, she wasn't Mr. Out, and Mrs. Smith. I <laughs> came out after Mr. and Mrs. Smith. She was all, she was also in Maleficent too, which my my wife made me watch. I never I never see I've never seen it. I it know she's super in it. boring. It was super boring. Half half of Maleficent two is setting up the reason why Maleficent two needs to exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we yeah, have to, we have to. It's it's a two and a half hour long movie too. So uh, half of the movie is is setting up its own existence, and I'm like. Oh, she just seems like one of those people that is super wary of the way she's looking on camera at all times. Like it's it it does not take a genius to realize like she's got some major plastic surgery going on. Well, she That's, had her she had her breast removed because she she took the test. I'm talking about her face. I don't even care about her body. Oh no, like, but I, but I mean she's definitely had work done because I know she she took the test to find out if she had BRCA the BRCA gene that would guarantee breast cancer at some point. So she preemptively removed her breast and got implants, and I'm sure she got some other work because you never want to just do one thing when you're under. If you can get multiple things done, you multiple also if you have done. the money. Well, she's got the money. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm Angelina Jolie. <laughs> got the money. She's a rich individual. Well, I think those. Anybody got any thoughts left on Eternals? Um, I would say uh, Droog there, uh, Barry Keough. Uh, if you haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, really good movie with him in it. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yes, he's oh. actually he's actually Irish. Um, that's why his accent was a little bit weird, and he's also a boxer, which is why his face is a little bit weird. So. <laughs> That, that would just all that. over a little bit weird. Oh, we didn't. Why the mental guy had like stacked shoulders and stuff. So we didn't do but. least favorite Eternal. My least favorite Eternal is the mind control guy. I hated him. We yeah, didn't even I talk about him this entire podcast because <laughs> exactly. I don't think any of us, any of us liked him. <laughs> no, he, he was just a giant douche the entire movie. Hated him. Yeah, I, he was. Where is he from? He, his face was recognizable. Like I wanted to punch it. Like I, I've seen it before. Yeah, no, like I, like I said, he's he's been in some other things. He just has a very distinct face. So, but yeah, kind of looks like a barbarian. 
Um, and then the inventor guy. I like the inventor guy, but he just. Oh yeah, the inventor guy was cool. He didn't. He didn't do much. I mean, like, I mean, I didn't. I didn't dislike him, but um, he just didn't do a whole lot uh in the movie. And if the whole point was advancing, going back earlier to what you're saying about the plot hole, the whole point is to advance people to have enough people to wake up the egg. Why not give them, you know, the no. atom bomb and you know, immediately? Time? Yeah, just, here, here's here's nuclear power. Enjoy that. Like, I mean, if the whole point was for them to grow the population, why not give them the technology? Because well, they couldn't, the they population. couldn't do it with they couldn't. What what was the way Ajax explained it? But they couldn't be involved in human affairs. But they wait. But they were but they he, can be he, he at sometimes he gave them the technology the movie was like a little bit wishy-washy on what they because they definitely defended humans from other things other than the um deviants the deviants uh they also fed them technology because he gave them the plow uh so he definitely gave them the steam engine later he gave them nuclear power later because he's like i shouldn't have done this and he turns his back on humanity until he finds his his baby daddy um well, let's 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 get into it. Let's bring up the prime directive. I mean, both the, prime the, the most brilliant, the most brilliant <laughs> and dumbest rule in the history of Star Trek, and it, it's the exact same thing here, where we don't want to give cavemen nuclear weapons, but at the same time, we're also not going to prevent advanced people from exterminating each other. So it, it, it's one of those things that it's so wishy washy. There is no good or bad real answer like i recently watched justice they don't talk about breaking the prime directive until they talk about removing wesley from the planet but these people barely have invented clothes (laughs) you say it like that's a bad thing i know it's it's not a bad thing i mean they're mostly naked uh the men the men have the cross that show their nipples and the women have the cross that conveniently cover the nipples so it's two different crosses an inverted nipple i mean an inverted cross and a regular cross. <laughs> An inverted nipple. <laughs> inverted nipple. Yeah, those happen too sometimes. Um, I ordered a few of those at the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, they shouldn't have been there. And they don't talk about breaking the Prime Directive until they remove Wesley, uh, which is really bizarre. I'm like, they shouldn't have even been there if they weren't warp capable. So the Prime Directive is never fully fleshed out. It's a generic catch-all that needs a lot more fleshing out, but not by Alex Kurtzman. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, come on. Remember in, in Picard where, you know, the, violating the prime directive means you get shot in the head immediately? Oh, you mean uh, Squid Game? <laughs> they violated the prime directive a lot in Squid Game. Good gracious. Yeah, no, it was frustrating. So, so yeah, it's the same thing where, I mean, it it takes really skilled and developed writers to do good prime directive episodes and... Any way you look at it, it, under any kind of scrutiny, it all just starts falling apart. Prime Directive does does start falling apart, especially like uh, in Pen Pals, because I mean, like they scold Data, but as soon as they hear a little child's voice, it's like, well, I feel bad now. Well, and and at the same time, since you do your Mass Effect streams on this channel, how about the Krogans? Great example of Prime Directive. Oh yeah, they were That's they were in, they were in a nuclear winter on their planet, and what did we do? They went in and took them off and introduced them to the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. And then we sterilized them because that's fun. Yep. Brian hasn't made it all the way through Mass Effect yet. Someday. Someday I'll get there. Just just start it too and end it too. Just, just, you know what? Just only play Mass Effect 2. <laughs> that's the good one? 
that that's the best honestly by far the best one well it's more the story than i think the actual playing the game well the story story is what's good the story of three is great into the last 10 minutes (laughs) the story of (laughs) yeah earth has like 35 you know uh, uh you know ravagers on it or whatever and then all of a sudden you know yeah we're holding out and resisting these things exterminate entire galaxies how on earth is earth resisting well i think the reapers like wouldn't took a lunch break and they came back okay i mean it's it's, it's the only only (laughs) it's the most logical thing it's the only way it makes sense because they they start off on earth at the beginning of the of the game and then you build up your yeah i mean that part falls apart a little bit but the rest of it's you know interesting it actually takes them a full 50,000 years to wipe out a, a galaxy. A planet. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's such a lengthy any, process. Any day now. Any day now. I, well, we will kill everyone one at a time. One human. With a toothpick. <laughs> two humans. Two toothpicks. It's like the count from Sesame Street. Two, three humans. Three toothpicks. Now we go on lunch break. We'll come back and kill the fourth human after lunch break. Oh, gosh. Wow. So, since we've talked about it a little bit, Brian, has your has your opinion on Eternals changed a little bit? You haven't, uh, you haven't really said anything negative, Brian. You gave it one of the lowest uh, reviews. I think you- It was boring. It was, to me, it was... I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty harsh on movies, except for Dune. It was Two hours fine. And Forty-seven minutes was was long. I mean, there's a lot of lulls in the movie, but I still think that like the flashbacks and stuff. If if it didn't, if the movie didn't have those, it would not have been as good as it was. It, it, yeah, absolutely. The, the flashbacks, flashbacks were the best part of the movie. Flashbacks yeah. were fantastic. But the thing is, uh, Venom Two was an hour and a half long, and it felt longer than Eternals. <laughs> It felt like it was four hours long. It felt like it was four hours long, but it was only an hour and a half long. Whereas Eternals was almost three hours long, and it didn't feel as long as Venom. So I mean, like, can we just like move some of these movies down in time? Like, I don't want like these these movies are getting really long. Like, Dune is really long. Eternals is really long. They're all like really long movies. Just like tone it down a little bit. I think the last three movies we've talked about, they've all been over two and a half hours long. Besides Venom. I think this could have been done as a series really well. Well, everything. It seems like everything should just be a series everything, nowadays. It seems like that's the way Marvel's uh, pivoting because there's so many new shows coming. Yeah. Plus, theoretically coming to Disney. Well, you, you can't. You, there's the, all, everything. Just about everything is like even Wheel of Time. They're like, you can't do that in a movie. Absolutely. Dune is arguable that you really can't do it in a movie either. Yeah. I, I really think. Part two of Dune is gonna like sink the franchise again. I hope it does good. I hope they can make you know Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of. I, I would love to see them continue on with the series, but the second half of Dune is gonna be really hard to do, and I, I think it's gonna sink the franchise. Unfortunately, I hope I'm wrong. You're wrong. I, I think they're gonna combine most of the second half of Dune with Dune Messiah. I think that's going to be their, their saving grace. Wow. Interesting. Because we'll Dune Messiah is the least popular of all the books. Okay. Everybody generally rates Dune Messiah as the least of them. So if they can do like the sci-fi channel did, you know, let's, let's use them as an example of Find one them. thing good. 
and combine Dune and Dune Messiah and then go straight into Children of Dune, I think that will I think that'll do a lot for the franchise. Well, going go so speaking of Children of Dune, Brian, like the sci-fi two thousand Dune is awful, but Children of Dune is actually kind of good. So you kind of have to watch this 2000 sci-fi Dune for it to continue on, and, and they, they change uh, the cast of uh, Paul. Well, I could, I could definitely see them doing with what Brad just said, because yeah. Dennis Villeneuve wants to keep doing, doing them as far as he wants to keep Dune in them as, uh, as long as he can. And he kind of forced Dune Part 2 to happen just because he put Part 1 in the movie. He might well, just kind of go into the second book. In Children of Dune, the sci-fi version, they got James McAvoy to play Leto Atreides, Leto II. And that he carried so much of that film because he was really young. This is before he did X-Men. This is before he did uh, Split. You know, he's, this is before he did Last King of he's Scotland. He's a baby. I mean, this is like... He's a, he's a method actor, isn't he? Or is he, he he's, And he's really, really talented. If you haven't seen Last King of Scotland, that movie is phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's very he's a very good actor. He yeah. he 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 wouldn't cut up a worm and lived inside it for a really long time. He's like, I am the yeah, god. That was, that was the best thing is he 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 you know strained his his water out of his feces and just drank it for months. Ah. It was amazing. Just total dedication. <laughs> he's a dedicated man. Oh yeah, that's one thing Dr. Kynes didn't mention in the uh in in the Dennyville New that the the shit and piss are processed in the thigh pads. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the future is disgusting. Yum. <laughs> it sounds like he's ready for it. Give me still suit water. <laughs> he's ready for the future. He's ready for Arrakis. Set him off. Sweat and tears. still see water. Yeah. I should have listened to Paul. Well, should we wrap it up here? Dune part two. Thanks, guys, for coming on. <laughs> Dune part two. Thanks for watching or listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was the Eternals. Dune part two. Uh, the Blizzard news. Uh, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. The show of Boba Fett. Throw it all in there. Oh, they should have called it the Disney Plus of Dead Bubba Fett. The Disney Plus Be of Boba really Fett? really meta with the title. They could do that. But then, does that mean Disney is canon to Star Wars? Disney Plus? Yes. yes. Actually... They have a streaming service? The, the funny thing is, all the all the uh, Marvel movies are canon to Wheel of Time. I don't know if I should dive into what you just said. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not digging. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, but the, the, see, the thing is, the the wheel of time takes place in the far future, so uh, it's a different age. The third age. We're we're in the we're still in like the second age currently in our in our, in our lifetime. So that magic and stuff uh, comes way in the future. So technically, we are all canon to the wheel of time. Okay, this is a world. I have to tell you, this is a world we live in with no magic. Because if there was any, I would have hair. <laughs> well. In the thousand years and thousands of years, they discover magic. They discover the one power in a couple thousand years, apparently. But we haven't, We're figure we it haven't out. gotten there. Well, the, the thing is, in the Wheel of Time, which is really interesting, is that, at least in the books, they, they reference John Glenn going to the moon. Uh, they find an like, a, a, a old artifact from the old days, and it's like a Mercedes logo. They call it like a, like a three-finned blade in a circle. And I'm like, oh, that's a Mercedes logo. Like Our world exists in the Wheel of Time's past. You know the Wheel of Time are just not real books, right? They're not real yet. 
they're not really well how do we know about the future but time comes and and time ends and the wheel of time spins and there's no beginnings or endings in the wheel of time but it is a beginning okay you win <laughs> there you go, there you go. I think that's, I think that's the perfect uh that's the perfect exit that's a, the jumping off point there <laughs> all right guys thanks brad for joining yeah, thank you for joining. Pleasure to have me. We're thank six. you very much. I've I've always wanted to do something like this. Sorry we couldn't get you on for doing, but we'll have to get you on for Sanctuary Part 3. For those of you who are familiar with Sanctuary Part 1 and Sanctuary Part 2, we do those four years apart for obvious reasons. It's a very political episode. Well, thank you all for listening. and uh, Follow us on TikTok. That doesn't exist. We do have an email address Brian just found out about today. It's it does not work. Yahoo. Don't email it. <laughs> Brad has emailed us before, so... I just did it. It didn't work for me. Uh, I'm getting spam email, so I don't know why. Everybody email it. Anybody who's listening, email synthaholics at yahoo.com and see if it works. You can next see me harassing David on his uh, his next prey stream. So It'll be two <laughs> prey streams from, from now. Yeah, you'll see him in the comments. Uh, yeah, it was uh, very interesting. But I, I just got Home Depot rewards uh, and... At the holics at yahoo.com. So it, it somebody sent work. that over to you. I get mo- I get mostly spam uh, in that email. So it'd be nice not to get some spam. So yeah, send the email. Why not? <laughs> we might read it on the show and answer it there on the show. So live long and prosper, one and all. Bye bye. <laughs>